Welcome to the church. 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 I'm Cindy Linton, and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people in Normal, Illinois, joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. I know that you don't see them a lot, but they are our youth pastors, and I'm, I'm so proud to know him. There isn't anybody that I would want to speak to our kids other than him. He knows our kids. This man, He is a man of God. I'm privileged to know him. I'm privileged to have been a part of his, his growing up. I'm a privilege to know the man that he is now, the steps that he is taking. We are in for a treat this morning, and I'm just so thankful to have them, Bradley, come this morning. Preach the word of the Lord and take your liberty. Come on, give a hand clap of praise this morning. Praise the Lord, everyone. And Uncle Josh has served a lot of different roles in my life. He has, he has been a Sunday school teacher, and I drove him crazy in a Sunday school class. He has been a hyphen leader as a young adult. He led and he guided and helped mold and shape me, and I drove him crazy there. And then now as a youth pastor to his children, I continue to drive him crazy. But it is a blessing to be here. I'm honored to stand behind this pulpit. One of the biggest things that I learned from Uncle Josh is how to cry. So you're going to get a lot of that today. It's a blessing to see this church. This has been a long time coming, and this is the first opportunity that we've got to be a part and to come and worship with you. And man, God is blessing this church. You are blessed to have the pastors that you do, and I am honored to be here with you today. If you can turn with me to Matthew 5 and 13. While you do, I also want to say I'm honored to have my beautiful wife with me. She was able to travel with me today. Glad to have her. I'm sorry we could not bring our kids, but that is for the best for all of you. Hopefully it'll be a little bit quieter today. Matthew 5 and 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. 
You are the light of the world. As Brother Josh stated this morning, you are a city set on a hill and it cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. And it culminates in verse 16 where it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and they may see your Father which is in heaven. Jesus here, He's just pulled his disciples together and he's taken them to the top of a mountain and he starts teaching them how they're supposed to act. He starts pointing them in a direction and he tells them how they're supposed to live and it all culminates in these words, let your light shine. Jesus, how are we supposed to act? What are we supposed to do? What is my life supposed to look like? And he looks at the people who know him the best and said, let your light shine. When things are dark, when things are falling apart, when your life doesn't seem to be going the way that you think it should, when the world seems to be going in a direction that that is counter what God tells us is right, let your light shine. I've got a very basic message today, and I promised Landon that I would not be long. So I'm going to preach for just a little bit under this title, Let Your Light Shine. If you could put your Bibles down, lift your hands. We're going to pray and ask God to have his will and his way today. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've already done, God. God, I thank you for pouring out your spirit, God, that you have come and you have inhabited the praises of your people. God, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't leave this place the same, but, God, we would be changed in your presence. God, it's not my desire to preach a great message, but God, I want us to be changed. God, I want us to walk out of here and be a light that you have called us to be. God, we're believing you're going to do great things in this place. God, we're believing that you're going to pour out your spirit. We give you glory and honor for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. There's a story of a ship that's gliding through the rough and foggy seas, not she's. The ship's radar suddenly indicates that there is an object directly in its path. The ship's captain sends a radio signal and says, We are on a collision course. Advise that you change your course 10 degrees north. This isn't uncommon. This is something this captain has done before. But the response took him off guard. It crackles over the radio and says, Negative. We advise that you change your course 10 degrees south. Now the captain can now see this blinking light of the approaching object. He's frustrated and he snaps back, I am the ship's captain. Change your course 10 degrees north. And then the seaman comes back, I am a seaman second class, he replies. And I advise that you change your course 10 degrees to avoid imminent collision. Now the captain at this point is furious. He had never been spoken to this way. He had many men under his command. And so he comes back with a frustrated tone. This is a battleship. And I command that you change your course immediately. Back comes this calm reply over the radio waves. This is a lighthouse. I recommend that you change your course. See, there's a lot of times where the loudest voice is not always the right one. The voice that is 
uh, the most confident, the voice that is the biggest, doesn't always point the right way. And there's a lot of loud voices that we hear around the world today. There's voices all throughout your daily walk that we hear that are pointing in all different kinds of directions. In the political arena, there's polarizing views that divide seemingly our entire country and pin brother against brother in our society. Choice screams out, this voice of choice, and it doesn't matter how God has created you. You can choose what you are. You can choose the gender that you are. You can choose the sexual orientation that you have and even choose whether you're human or not. Society says that you get to choose whether you are deemed human, and there is a segment of people, even in our schools, who said, I don't even identify as a human anymore. Now I'm going to be a cat. And it's gotten to the point where they've now started putting litter boxes in schools because they want to fulfill this this need, this desire, this push for everyone to be who you want to be. To listen to this voice that says, live your own truth and act the way that you feel is right. And you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't oppose my opinion. The statistics that we see boast of the darkness and the hurt that's all over our world. Statistics like 40 to 50% of marriages are going to end in divorce. We look throughout our culture. It doesn't hold value in marriage anymore. And it doesn't hold a standard that marriage should be set between a man and a woman anymore, even though that's how God ordained it. And when it becomes inconvenient, then we can sever those ties, even though it was meant to be a covenant between us and God. The suicide rate is at an all-time high. It's higher than ever. In 2020, there was 46,000 deaths from suicide. And so far this year, only halfway through the year, there's been 50,000 people who have taken their life because they didn't see a way out. Because they looked around at a hurting, lost world. They looked for answers and they could not find them anywhere. And so the only way out was to end everything. Up to 44% of our students are said to deal with some sort of depression or anxiety every single day, to struggle with hurts, struggle with pains on a daily basis. This world is in a dark place, and it continues to grow darker every single day. And this is the, the lifestyle and the culture that we send our students into, try to live a godly life, try to point people towards Jesus. It gets darker and every statistic grows larger and larger as the years go on. But we should not be surprised by where culture is. We shouldn't be taken aback. We shouldn't be shocked by where our schools are, what our, our culture looks like. Because in 2 Timothy 3.3 it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without any self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. As humans, we were never meant to live this life without God. We were not created to walk this life without God by our side. 
When Adam and Eve were created, they walked and they talked with God. They had relationship with God. And that's what we're called to do, but then sin crept in. And it put a wedge between us and our Creator. It divided us for all of eternity. And now even to this day, we have a wedge that stands between us called sin. This issue of sin, it perpetuates all throughout culture. The Bible says that we're born into sin. It's something that's inside of all of us that we have these innate desires to do the wrong thing. That there are times when I know right and wrong, but I still choose the wrong path. Still struggle with this, this sin. And humanity is now searching for some way to fill this void in their life. This God-shaped hole that we all have. Humanity is looking to fill it with everything and anything that it can. Relationships with all of, all of these kinds of ideas and ideals. With culture, with, with education, with friendships, with drugs, with alcohol. All of these things to help fill this hole that only God can truly fill. And it was never really meant to be there in the first place. God saw that separation. He saw this wedge that was divided between us and him. And it wasn't his desire, that wasn't his goal all along. His purpose was to walk with us and he saw that I was not able to overcome sin on my own. He looked at me all across history and he said he's never going to be able to come back to me by himself. And so he wrapped himself in flesh. He came down and he walked on the earth. God lived a sinless life. And he went to a cross and he bore my sin. He bore my mistakes and my struggles and my pains and my trials. Everything that I have, he took and he wrapped it all up in his mercy and his grace. And he died for me there on a cross. He made a way so that I can come into relationship with him again. God made a way where I don't have to walk alone, where I don't have to struggle with sin, but now I can be with my creator. And he left us with a comforter. When you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you have the comforter inside of you. You have the God of all the earth, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who spoke the, the world into existence right there inside of you. That separation is removed, and once again, you can walk side by side with God. I'm so thankful that at eight years old, I heard that message. I'm so thankful that there was a preacher that stood up and he told me the words that Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost, that there is only one way to know the Father, that you repent, that you're baptized in the name of Jesus, that you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I heard those words and I couldn't leave the same. And I remember walking up to an altar at eight years old, not really fully understanding everything that was happening. And I lifted up my hands and said, God, I need you. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And ever since that day, I don't walk by myself anymore, but I walk with a God who can do all things. Walk with a God who has all peace in His hands, who has all power and authority. Why is this important? Because this world, these statistics are so staggering. The world is looking for something to fill a void. 
There's been things that I've had to go through in my life that if God was not there, I don't know how I would have made it through. That if God hadn't been by my side, if he hadn't walked with me, if he hadn't given me peace when there should not have been any peace, if he hadn't given me understanding when there was nothing to understand, there's no way I could have made it, but God stepped in. I don't know how this world can operate and not have God on their side. I don't know how people can walk through this daily life and not understand that there's a God who sees where they're at, who knows who they are, knows the very number of hairs on their head, and loves them more than anything, enough to go and die on a cross. But it is not enough just to know Him myself. I'm so thankful that I know him. I'm so thankful that he pulled me out of sin's grasp. I'm so thankful for what he's done in my life, but it's not enough for me just to know who he is for myself. God has called me to share this love with everyone that I can. God has called me to be a beacon of hope and light in this city, to show every person that will look who God is, how powerful he is, how mighty he is, that he's full of love and grace and mercy. This whole world needs to know about Jesus. He looked at his disciples and he said, you're the salt of the earth. The salt, if it loses its flavor, if it loses its seasoning, then it's good for nothing. Jesus was such a great teacher. He would often look at people and he would, he would begin to tell them kingdom concepts. He would show them things in the, the, the godly concepts that you could not understand on your own, but he would operate and he would tell them in a way that you could listen and you could understand. He would use things that people were very familiar with to explain things that they could not comprehend. And so he used this term of, of salt. At this time, salt was so important. In fact, it was so precious that the Roman soldiers, they would often be paid in salt. You ever heard the term, you're worth their weight in salt, or not worth their salt? Ever heard that term? I butchered it. Not worth their salt. You ever heard that? It came from this period of time where salt was so precious it was so important, but salt is not known for its standalone properties. Salt isn't known as an individual element. I don't know of any of you, maybe some of you do, I'm not judging. But this morning, I did not go in and get a spoonful of salt, and that was my breakfast. I, I don't eat salt by itself. I, I don't like to overly salt my food. because Salt is not meant to be consumed on its own. Salt has a purpose. It is meant to enhance and preserve that which it is paired with. Its purpose is to enhance the things that it's connected to and to preserve the things that it is with. And if we connect ourselves to Jesus, if we connect ourselves to God, then our job as the salt of the earth becomes to amplify and enhance who he is. Not to elevate who Bradley is, because no one wants to see who I am. No one wants to see my faults, and no one wants to see my failures and my shortcomings. But if I amplify the King of Kings, if I amplify the Lord of Lords, the Creator of heaven and earth, the God who is more than enough, 
That's what people need to see. They need to know who God is. And God chooses to use us to fulfill his will. He chooses to show people his glory through us. In a world that does not hold biblical values anymore, that doesn't care about right and wrong, that doesn't care about what's in this word, it is more important than ever for us to preserve on truth to hold tight to holiness, to righteousness, to truth. It's not time to back away, to listen to all the loud voices around that said this isn't important, this is outdated, and it doesn't matter anymore. Now more than ever, it's time for the church to stand firm on what we believe. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to shy away. I'm not going to water down this word because culture says it's not This is what God ordained. This is what God has given us. This is the word of Almighty God, and I refuse to water it down with my own ideas and my own ideals just because it's uncomfortable and just because the world doesn't think that it's important anymore. We've got to preserve what God has given us. We've got to hold tight to this truth because the Bible says if salt loses its flavor, if it stops doing its job, if no longer the salt is enhancing Jesus, if it's not being preserved anymore, then it's worth nothing. It doesn't hold any value anymore. It might as well be thrown aside. If we don't do our job, if we don't hold firm to what this word says, not just part of it, not just what's convenient, not just what's easy, but all of it, if we don't hold firm, and we aren't doing what God has called us to do. I'm not being who God has called me to be if I don't hold on to his truth. But Jesus doesn't stop there because salt is not enough. He wanted to reiterate the point, and so he goes on and says, if salt loses its flavor, it's no longer effective. He goes on in verse 14 and says, you are the light of the world. You're a city that's set on a hill and it cannot be hidden. You are called to be a light. Not just salt in the world, not just to enhance, but to be a beacon. To be a light that all can see, not one that can be hid. You are a beacon of hope and love to your community. To the people that you're around, when you walk in your school, you are walking with hope and love and light. In a dark world, where it doesn't seem like there's any more hope, you are a walking beacon that there is still one God. There is still a way. There is still a truth. There is still a path. Our light is not meant to be hidden. We're a city that is supposed to be set up on a hill. You think about that word picture. I, I, I'm with you, Brother Josh. I, I think about word pictures when I hear songs or when I listen to Scripture, and I begin to see the city that's set up high above everything else. And everyone around it can see that city. They can see how they operate, and they can see the, the light that is there. When you live for Jesus, when you love God and you shine bright the way he has called you to, everyone cannot help but see you. You're set up on a hill for all to see. You are a, a beacon to this world. Verse 15 says, who would take a lamp and put a bush over it? Who would take something capable of so much, 
capable of such joy and such love and such power and hide it away because it's inconvenient, because it's not easy. And we live in a world where it is not easy. I can't imagine walking down the schools and walking down those halls nowadays. It hasn't been that far removed. I'm very young. I know my hair doesn't speak it, but I'm a very young person. I can't imagine being 10, 15 years removed from walking down those halls, knowing how it was then, knowing what I had to face and knowing the intimidation that I let creep in, knowing that I was meant to be a light. And all too often, I shrunk away because I was scared. Not because I was ashamed of the Word of God, but because I was so stuck on the concept of selling myself and not understanding that my job is not to show people me. It's to show the God that I serve. All too often, I felt like I was not enough. And the problem is, I was not. Didn't understand the concept that God put in His Word that we're not meant to show ourselves. We're meant to shine bright for Him. That lamp can't be hidden the Bible says don't hide it away, but a smart person would take that and he would put it on a lampstand and hold it up high so that everyone in the house could see it. Not everyone around your immediate vicinity. Not just the people in your home. I know it's easy to, to hold it in and say, well, as long as me and my house are okay. As long as we're doing the right things, then everything's all right. As long as my church is going the right way, then everything is okay. No, the Bible says that... A, a person, a godly person would take that light and hold it up high for everyone to see. I'm not ashamed of what this word says. I'm not ashamed of who God has created me to be. I know it's counterculture. I know it doesn't make sense to the world, but this, this has saved my life. This has pointed me in a direction, and I refuse to go back just because it's not convenient. It's our job to love the way that God loves. It's our job to live the way that God told us to live. He ends these words in verse 16 by saying, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Knowing who you're called to be. Young person, knowing what you're called to do, that you were meant to stand out that you were meant to be salt in a saltless world, that you were meant to be light where there's nothing but darkness. Knowing all of that, you're now faced with a choice. Do you let your light shine or do you hide it away? When you walk onto that job, because this isn't just for our young people, when you walk around and the world tells you that what you believe doesn't matter and they don't want to hear what you have to say and they don't care about the lifestyle that you live, are you going to hide your light away? Or are you going to stand firm on the Word of God? See, it's not my job to change people's idea. It's not my job to change people's mind. I can't do that on my own. But it is my job to hold up a light. It's my job to be a lighthouse in the middle of a dark and stormy world where we can see statistics alone will tell you that people are looking for something true. 
They're looking for something real. They're looking for something to fill the void. And I know I've got it. I've got truth for myself. I've got the love of God for myself. I've got peace that passes all understanding. And I've got a choice whether I'm going to share it with a lost and dying world or whether I'm going to hide it away. It's not my job to judge. It's just my job to stand and be a light. You stand with me. Landon, I promised. Now, this isn't anything new. This isn't a a new message or a new concept. This is not a new idea we hear. So why again? Why is this important? Why does this matter? If I know that I'm doing the right thing, if I know that I'm living the right way, why does it matter if I'm a light to everyone else? Why does it matter if I'm salt of the earth? And this is what I believe God has brought me to speak to this church. Speak to these young people. Here's why it's important. Because there's still a world that's searching for a light. I know it may not seem like it because there's so many loud voices around. I know it may seem like no one cares. I know it may seem like truth is is in the past and it doesn't matter anymore. There's still a world that's searching They're searching for a light. They're searching for a beacon of hope. And God has chose to use you. He's given you the opportunity and he's given you the choice whether you're going to show this world your light. It goes back to when you're in Sunday school and you would sing that old song, This Little Light of Mine. Seems so simple. Seems so easy. But then we get into real life. Things get a little bit harder. I'll share it if it's convenient. I'll tell people who God is if it's easy. If the right doors open up. But I'm not going to go out of my way to reach people. You're called to reach a lost and dying world. How do I know the world wants Jesus? Because the word of God was clear. The harvest is ready. There are people who want to know God. The problem is not that there's not hungry people out there. The problem is that the laborers are few. That there's not enough people willing to stand up for what's right and what's true. So today I end with a question. What are you going to do with your light? Not just today, but tomorrow. When school opens up and you have to walk down those halls, what do you do with your light? When you walk back onto your job tomorrow, what do you do with your light? What do I do with what God has given me? For the next few minutes, I'm going to open up these altars. You can come to the front. You can pray right there in your seat. But I want us to pray a very simple prayer. God, let them see you. Let them see you in me. I don't want them to see me. 
God, I'm not enough. I can't save a lost and dying world, but I know you can. Oh, God, let them see you, Jesus. God, let them see your works. Let them see your power. Oh, God, let them see your peace and your love and your mercy. taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.